objective to deliver the NBA to you like no other. News, play breakdowns, power rankings, storylines you never hear talked about anywhere else. It's all straight shots here. Fired by straight shooters. S and gun. This is the Objective Basketball Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Objective Basketball Podcast. It is free agency time, ladies and gentlemen. We are mere days away from the craziness of free agency. Uh, the NBA draft has came and went. It's all done. All finished. We're moving on to the, the the craziness that is free agency, and then you know summer league and whatnot, and then and then things start to slow down a little bit, Lauren. Things start to ease <laughs> up. I'm headed. I'm headed to Italia. I'm headed yeah, to Portugal. You, you know, I'm I love go, it. A little tan on the beach. You know, that's gonna be me <laughs> very soon. Very soon. I'm counting down the days, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, we're still here. We're still grinding away at the NBA world of things. Uh, we appreciate you guys for tuning into the Objective Basketball Podcast. Lauren, we will start mm-hmm. here. Um, John Collins has officially been traded for, <sighs> I mean, it took forever. Like, they need to, on that website, you know, the trade finder, trade machine thing, they <laughs> need mm-hmm. to put his jersey. They need to retire <laughs> his jersey. When you enter the website, it just says, in ode to John Collins. <laughs> Um, no, I think kidding. that's the way to go. I mean, look, he's finally somewhere else. He's in the Utah Jazz with the Utah Jazz. They only gave up a second round pick to acquire him, mm-hmm. uh, and obviously Rudy Gay. So that means there's a trade exception going the Hawks' way as well that they can use either this season or you know in the summer. Um, mm-hmm. How do you think? What do you, what do you think of the deal in general? I mean, it, it definitely was a salary dump. Yeah, but uh, I mean, from the Jazz perspective, it's like you got a pretty good player. For yeah. not that much of a cost. So what do you think? Yeah. What do you feel? I'm, I mean, I think that that's the key right there. I saw Tim Jones actually tweet, when you get something for free, how can you really complain about it? Something along yeah. those lines to that effect. And I think that that's what sums up this trade. Uh, because even though when it first happened, it's like, oh, well, they just drafted Taylor Hendricks and they already had their front court solidified. What does that, what does that mean? When you have an opportunity uh, to add someone that's very talented, young. There's a mil- you you know that you're likely going to be able to flip that asset down the line, especially if you're not in a position where you're contending, you're trying to really contend for even a title or you're in the second apron danger zone. Yeah. If you're not worrying about those things necessarily and you're focusing on developing, getting experience, all of those things, these are exactly the types of moves that you make. Um, and so when you're a team that has the flexibility to kind of leverage these situations and go out and make sure that you bring someone in, whether he starts. I mean, I assume he will start. I have no idea what coach Hardy and the jazz are going to do because they're just, they've got so much size, but either way, whether John Collins is there long-term or not there, it's a no lose situation for Utah. And so I think uh, Danny Ainge just continuing to kind of flip these assets was, was a good move. Yeah, I, I agree with you that it was a good move. And and you mentioned Danny Ainge. I think this is a very, very Danny Ainge type of move, right? Right. Uh, you, you get a depreciated asset. You kind of assume the the salary, you know, dump version of this. You you kind of say, hey, like, we're not, we're not going anywhere. We might as well take this salary on. Right. And from that perspective, you can begin to recoup his value. Uh, and and let's say, you know, you gave up a second round pick, you gave up Rudy Gay to get him, which is not a whole lot. Maybe, you know, in a couple of years, maybe w- once you've got maybe a couple play in runs or playoff runs in you, maybe he's recouped his value. Obviously, as his contract goes forward, he will become more valuable because he will become an expiring contract or a guy with two years left on his deal. And therefore, it becomes easier to trade a guy like that. So from that perspective, I think this was just a no brainer from Utah. When it comes to Atlanta, um, obviously we saw those rumors of them trying to, not even rumors, just reports that they're trying to get under the luxury tax. They're trying to be cost effective with what they're doing. There's still trades for DeAndre Hunter out there that they're looking mm-hmm. to maybe potentially do. Um, and maybe they do that. Maybe they do explore a DeAndre Hunter deal. They have the tools, I guess, from a young player perspective to go in a younger direction. We've talked, um, you know, at the draft, we talked a little bit about A.J. Griffin and Jalen Johnson and Onyeka Okongwu. And these are guys who I feel like could step into the rotation almost immediately and be contributors on this team. 
So yes, you can be a little bit more cost effective if you're Atlanta. But I will say it is sort of troublesome that the Hawks aren't willing to invest the money and go into the tax. I'm not saying that they should. I don't think this is the caliber of team that you should be willing to go into the tax for. Mm-hmm. Most ownership groups don't go into the luxury tax unless they are surefire contenders. And the Hawks aren't. The Hawks are not contenders right now. But I do wonder, and, and to be fair, Adrian Wojnarowski, when the trade went down, said that you know Landry Fields and Kyle Korver have been given approval to go mm-hmm. over the luxury tax. So why are they why are they saving money? Right. I'm doing my I'm doing my Brian Windhorse. Why? <laughs> yeah. Why? Why are they saving money? Why would they do yeah, that? I, I there ha there has to be a reason to that. Maybe right. they see a big fish out there that they want to go and acquire. I know Pascal Siakam has been mentioned in the past, but hey, maybe there's someone else that they're looking at um to potentially acquire. Who knows? I'm not sure yeah. who that player might be. But I I'm interested to see what the Hawks do in this summer because it doesn't feel like they're going to stop here. This doesn't feel right. like the end of what they're going to do. seems like this is the beginning of a lot of activity that's kind of headed their way. Right, yeah. And, and with the Hawks specifically, they're in such an interesting position because while they have enough intriguing young players that have diverse skill sets – you don't want to reset too, too much to where you're you're waiting for this development or you're not competing with Trey Young. Um, and so it's it's kind of this this uh, tightrope that they have to walk, that this front office has to walk. And while DeAndre Hunter, even John Collins before he got dealt, uh, these guys are talented young players that lots of teams would like to have. And, and so the conversation around all of these players is that their contracts are just not they're not good. They're not appealing. Yeah. Um, and and while that's true, depending on what team you are, there are so many teams that I think you're, especially with John Collins more specifically, and, and I think you could say the same about DeAndre Hunter, a change of scenery, you never know what that's going to do for a player, but the majority of times it doesn't hurt. And so, because if you found yourself in a position where you're a disposable asset and you're being shopped, things probably aren't that great and they might not have been that great for a while. And I'm not yep. even talking about bad relationships, but just the mental toll that that takes on you um, when you're taking steps back as a team. And so Atlanta, while they have these young assets and, and, and depth, they're just, it, it's not coming together and they're not in a position to continue to sell assets for pennies on the dollar. And so while I agree with you, I do not think that they're done dealing. I'm curious as to what they can really go out and accomplish with Clint Capella, DeAndre Hunter, even Bogdanovich, just some of these guys that are available, what do they go out and try to get? Because for your guy, Pascal Siakam, it's really, while I think that they could have put together an intriguing package, I think right now Atlanta's assets are not where Toronto's assets are. And so in terms of value on the open market. And so I really am struggling to see what Atlanta can realistically do that's going to marginally, like just really make a difference for them next season. And I think- they really need to maybe be realistic with what that could look like for next year and try to maximize in a different market with a different landscape to try and get more back from these assets. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier with uh, with Utah and where they might slot in Collins. I think he probably starts. I know they have yeah, Taylor Hendricks. Definitely. I know they drafted Taylor Hendricks, but I imagine he comes off the bench and Collins starts. So it would be Kessler, Collins, and Markinen. And I really like right. that front court in the sense that um, – you know, like th- there's there's a combination of shooting, size, obviously, that's a lot of size in your front court. There's athleticism. And the way Will Hardy has these guys cutting and moving, it's a lot of movement offense. I think Collins is going to thrive in that environment. I really yeah. think it's it's an, it's an environment that's going to make him look way better than Atlanta's environment did, where it, it just was not a lot of ball movement, lot, not a lot of help. You know, it just didn't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious to see which way Atlanta goes. It'll be very, very interesting. Also interested to see what Utah does because they still have some money that they are left to spend. And obviously they have uh, Jordan Clarkson that they have to deal with as well, which brings us into our free agency section of this podcast uh before we get into free agency though ladies and gentlemen i guess it is free agency time get in the game and make your next bet with sports interaction bet before the game or live in play on all your favorite teams matchups or i guess where you think the players are gonna go it doesn't matter to me head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn or download the app to get started 19 plus please play responsibly All right. Well, thank you to our good friends at Sports Interaction. 
we're going to talk about some of these free agency people. All right. Some of these guys moving, maybe not moving, maybe staying, maybe a sign and trade situation. Uh, we're going to try to get as creative as possible while also trying to be realistic when it comes mm-hmm. to these destinations. I'll say a name. Okay? okay. We'll discuss. We'll just go through where we think they might go. Maybe they stay, maybe they go. And, and that'll be it. That'll be the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, simple and easy. The next time you talk to us, I will hopefully be on my way to either Sacramento or Las Vegas, <laughs> and we will be talking about something a little bit different. Um, okay, starting with, in my opinion, the biggest kahuna in free agency right now, but maybe maybe the most um, clear-cut scenario as well, and that's James Harden. James yeah. Harden is the big fish to fry here when it comes to free agency. There's been a lot of rumors between Houston and Philadelphia, but it seems like most people are now leaning towards him staying in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Nick Nurse hire helped with that. Speaking of Nick Nurse hire, he is no longer the team candidate coach, by the way, probably should bring that up. It is Jordy <laughs> Fernandez who is going to be the team candidate coach. That's another podcast for another day, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Um, but would you agree with people that say that that Harden is going back to Philly? Yeah, I I would agree with that. I mean, there's a lot of like you said, there's a lot of momentum right now, but I lean with him leaning towards him staying uh in Philadelphia, yeah. but what a, a part of this that I find to be so interesting with Houston specifically is coming away with Amon Thompson and Cam Whitmore. I wonder, I'm not saying that that oh, that completely changed Houston's plans by any means. Uh but if you're Houston and you're kind of looking at the money that you have to spend and and just the core that you have. And now you have two of those guys that were projected top five, top 10. Yeah. Uh, I think that you feel excited about that. And and maybe you feel at least a little bit more confident that sticking with the youth movement and bringing in Udoka and just going from there uh, is the way to go. And I think Philadelphia knows and has been praying this whole time that James Harden comes back. Uh, so I <laughs> yeah, think Yeah, I mean, that, they were, they, they had no other choice. Yeah, other that, than, that's yeah. the plan. There's one plan. There's, that's, it is what it yeah. is for them. Um, and I think that that just, you know, it's what they want. It gives them more flexibility with keeping Tobias Harris and not having to deal with that situation. So to me, that's where we're headed. I will say at the same time of all people, James Harden is one of the people that out of nowhere can change their mind. Yeah. And look, I, I, I don't understand the Harden to Houston thing from a basketball on court perspective. They're just so young. They're not in a position to win. And I, uh, that kind of relates to some of these other guys that they've been linked in rumor to, and I'm sure we'll talk about, but it just, it doesn't make sense to me that they're going to go big fish hunting. Hey, let's go get a Fred Van Vliet who, <laughs> mm-hmm. by the way, we have a million guards, but let's go and get Fred Van Vliet. Let's go. And, I mean, Brolo to a certain extent makes more sense. You know, you yeah. get this defensive rim protector guy that you can have as your backline defender for all these, you know, young rookies that are trying to figure it out. But I, I still just don't understand why any of these guys would go to Houston. I, I, I from a, uh, standing in the league type of thing. I don't understand it. Yes, obviously there's no state tax. It's it's a lot of money. They have a lot of money to offer. I think in a lot of ways it's a leverage play for a lot of these players and a lot mm-hmm. of their agents. It's like, hey, Houston has $61 million. Let's just connect ourselves to Houston so that mm-hmm. we can get as much as we can from the team that we want to go to. And that successfully happened with the Philadelphia 76ers, which makes it really interesting how they're going to approach his contract, is it going to be the full max? Is there going to be any kind of partial guarantees? What kind of incentives will be in Harden's deal? Maybe does it, like, you know, obviously he took a bit of a pay cut. That was the thing with, with <laughs> right. re-signing with Philly. How much is that pay cut now back-ended into this contract? Right. And, you know, incorporated into this. So I'm really curious because outside of Philly, and sorry, outside of Harden, the Sixers do have some things that they have to address on the roster. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how they address those things, you know, if Harden is maxed out and, and they're kind of dealing with luxury tax and second apron territory and whatnot. Right. So obviously the maxi extension is coming up too. So yeah. you're kind of worried financially about what the Sixers might have to do. Yeah. But at the same time, I think it will be with Philly. End of day, it seems like it'll be Philly. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Another guy who I think stays, and I just I think just based on – you know, reports, obviously he was in the meetings for head coaches and and whatnot. He was a big part of AJ Griffin being, uh, Adrian Griffin. Sorry. That's his, that's his son. Uh, Adrian Griffin, uh, signing on with the Milwaukee bucks. I think there is no doubt, no question in my mind that Chris Middleton stays with the Milwaukee bucks. Do you agree? Do you disagree? 
Yeah. And, and it's one of those things that it's, you feel so confident and you know, it's such a sure thing that you're not even really registering him as being a free agent because you, you just know that he's saying. Yeah. I mean, I, I think like realistic, realistically, I wouldn't be surprised if June 30th, 601, we hear uh Chris Middleton has signed a max contract uh, with the, with the Milwaukee Bucks five years, 200 plus mil, whatever the hell the whatever contract is it, supposed to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. He was making $35 million this year. He's probably making a pretty big chunk more than that. I think, I think he will be eligible for, for his max max. So we'll see what the hell happens there. But yes, uh, I, I think Chris stays. I would be yeah. shocked. I would be I, absolutely yeah. shocked. Floored if he doesn't stay. Um, all right. Staying with the staying stuff. Uh, I'd imagine Kyrie Irving stays and I wanted your perspective on that. You, you think he's, he's leaning towards staying. I mean, who knows with Kyrie? Exactly. You know, but, (laughs) uh, I do think he's staying. Uh, I, I think Dallas right now, especially even though, like you said, you can't really always pinpoint Kyrie, what he's thinking, what he's going to do. But I think you're getting enough signs from even the Dallas front office and how they're building around this current group that yeah. if they felt unsure or like they needed to be rethinking or pivoting or or, or anything at, on the Kyrie front, how it relates to that, you would be able to connect those dots. And right now, everything that they're doing is showing that they're trying to complement and build around Luca and Kyrie as a duo. In fact, at, at Omax and Derek Lively's introductory press conference, they talked about Kyrie and his number that he'll be changing to this year. Um, you know, oh, he's changing numbers. I didn't know that. Yes. Derek Lively is taking two and Kyrie is taking 11. Oh, uh, so interesting. Okay. that's that is the case. And so I thought it was interesting that they even mentioned Kyrie because mm-hmm. of course, if lively, if they pull out his Jersey and he's number two and Kyrie, was just, <laughs> then you have, yeah, a, yeah. You have a, a frenzy going on on Mavs Twitter. Uh, but so I just, I think right now the signs are pointing in the direction that he stays. Okay. Yeah. I agree with you as well. Unless there's like barring some late swing by the Lakers, uh, which again, right. I really don't think they're going to do it. I, re- I think they're <sighs> I think more so invested in keeping this core together. They obviously made it to the Western Conference Finals. I'm sure they feel confident in the fact that, hey, we stay healthy. We we get we work around the margins a little bit more, and I, I think they're in a position to do that again this year. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I'm going to keep on the staying side of okay. things because I feel like we're just going to keep pushing forward and, and seeing names that are most likely going to stay. Kristaps yeah. uh, Porzingis, he's already traded to the Boston Celtics. Uh, there's been talks about an extension. I imagine he stays. We're, that's Let's just check that off the, the list right there. Mm-hmm. Um, Nikola Vucevic, how do you feel about that? I, I, think, I think there's no question that he stays. But I, really? Really? I mean, you like, just don't think the market's there. Who? Who? Where else? Where else? Where else? I just I don't know. Where else? San Antonio. I could maybe see if San Antonio was like, okay, yeah. we could use another big next to Wemby. We have a mm-hmm. bunch of money. Let's throw it at him. Why not? Yep. But again, why would Vooch do that? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't. I, I don't see a reason why Vooch would do that. I just mm-hmm. don't know where else would make sense for Vooch that has cap space. You know. Yeah, I it's I mean it's fair. I I I don't really know where else he would go. I mean, people have thrown out Orlando just because of the long-standing relationship, but they've That would be funny. <laughs> and, yeah, it would be funny, wouldn't it? And it's it, on one hand it's like why they have so much front court depth, not necessarily at the true 5 where where Vooch plays, but they have so much front court depth and and even versatile lineups that they could throw out there. Why would they bring someone like Vooch in? I guess on one hand, I'm like, you can bring him in if you want to spend the money and then flip him later if you need to, or have him be a veteran presence. And yeah. I, I could see that, but for so long, Orlando, there was a conversation about them throwing money at Fred. Um, and so they, there are just, to me, there are questions up in the air about what direction they could go in free agency. And as far as the rest of the other um, free agency or excuse me, teams that have cap space. I just can't necessarily see them taking a swing on Vooch fit wise. I just, I I don't know. So, but at the same time, I do want to say this. I do want to say this with Chicago and with Vooch. I just don't know that that's like the most, I don't know that that's the most healthy situation. Yeah. So I, from that, I'm like the extension would have happened by now. The, Mm -hmm. the, the looking for houses and 
in different states would not be taking place right, if right, it were. Yeah. So I, I I don't know if it's if it's a done deal or or yeah. what's going to happen there. I won't be surprised if he stays, but if he leaves, I also will not be surprised one bit because uh, I don't know Who so knows? many questions with Chicago. There there is a world where we see Chicago do a lot of sign and trades, um, mm-hmm. like a sign and trade with Vooch, maybe a sign and trade to get another free agent and then move to Rosen somewhere. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there there is possibilities that Chicago shakes things up. And like in the press conference that they had, they seemed like they were very adamant about making a big splash this summer. Who knows yeah. how successful they'll be in doing so. But I think the the money, my money is on Vooch staying. Staying, um, yeah. I, I think that's, that's most likely it. I'm going to stay on this staying front though. Uh, and a guy who maybe has had more conversations around him, but I still think he stays and that's Draymond Green. Um, I, I know there's been Sacramento rumored. There's the Mike Brown relationship, all that stuff. Damian Lillard said Portland, uh, Draymond Green would be his dream, uh, free agency, you know, pick what have you. (laughs) I still think that it's going to be Golden State. I would be absolutely shocked, floored if Draymond decides to go somewhere else. And I think it's telling that the Warriors traded Jordan Poole because it, it it was exactly for them to have the flexibility in order to re-sign Clay Thompson and re-sign Draymond Green. That was, I would say, 90% of the reason they traded Jordan Poole was so that they could do exactly what we expect them to do, and that's re-signing Green. Do you think there's a chance that Sacramento or Portland get in on the action and maybe make this interesting or no? Uh, I mean, I'll be curious to see what dollar amount Sacramento throws at Draymond because you know they're going to throw something at him. Uh-huh. But I just don't really see it being legitimate interest, even given the relationship, given all of the things. I just I don't see it really being there. Yeah. Um, and I I hate to even say this, but the the Portland Draymond dreams. <sighs> It's as just, soon as funny. I saw that, I'm like, what am I yeah, reading? Yeah. What am I reading? <laughs> why? Why? We need wrote- less updates from Damian Lillard. We we do. I saw your tweet and that was that was right on the money. I just am like, come on. There's just there's no there's no feasible way in which this yeah. makes sense for Golden State. And so that's why I think it's it's almost as sure of a thing as even like someone like Chris Middleton. I think uh, you could throw that out there. Um but but yeah, I'm curious to see what the dollar amount ends up being for all the mm-hmm. reasons that you mentioned, the leverage situation, the second apron, all of these things. I, I do wonder what that looks like. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I, I've i had a lot of Sacramento people be like, oh, Draymond would be good. Draymond would be good. And I will say right here, I do not like the Draymond fit in Sacramento. Okay. I really do not think that is the right move to make. Yeah. He is a defensive genius. He is an absolute genius. He's one of my favorite defenders of all time. I will make videos and write write stuff about Draymond until he retires and maybe even after he retires. Mm-hmm. But I think as far as what Sacramento needs as a defender is less about Draymond and more about what they need around Sabonis and Fox. And that means you need you need a rim protector type. You need a guy who's going to be able to bang down low. And I, I agree Draymond can do that at times, but you need someone who's going to be blocking shots for you, a guy who's going to be deterring guys at the basket. Draymond isn't necessarily that. He's more of a mm-hmm. switch big. He's more of a guy who's going to be able to guard multiple positions for you, cover space, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, that, that could help Sacramento. But I just don't see why you would have two non-shooters in Draymond and Sabonis on the court at the same time offensively and think you're going to still have the number one offense in the league. I just don't – I don't see it. it no matter yeah, no matter how much Draymond's passing and you know basketball acumen will help that team, I just don't see the fit making as much sense as a guy that we've mentioned before in Kyle Kuzma. I really think Kyle Kuzma is a guy who's like, go Sacramento, go get Kuzma. That's the guy who – you can build around. He's around the same age as Fox and Sabonis and those guys, and they can kind of usher into that next generation of of Kings, you know, Kings playoff runs, if you will. Mm-hmm. I think Draymond stays. I think. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I would stick with that. Okay. Um, let's keep going on stays, shall we? I, look, I, I, it's it's crazy to say this because we've been we've listed seven of the top free agents. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And most likely, all of these guys are going to stay. More yeah. than likely, unless something absolutely insane happens, unless someone <laughs> spits in that person's tea <laughs> at the free agency meeting. Um, I don't think that happens. I really don't see anything happening yeah. that that like 
stops us from doing that. It becomes a little bit more interesting with the next list of names that I'm going to bring up, though, because there are possibilities that these people potentially move. Mm -hmm. um, Jeremy Grant, how do you feel about that? Where where do you feel on Jeremy Grant's situation? Well, he's looking uh, for a lot of money. He's looking for a lot of money. He is looking for a lot of money. I think if you're Portland right now, you really don't have an option of just letting him walk, even in a sign and trade scenario. I just think Portland is in a position where they're going to have to shell out the money kind of no matter what it is, as crazy as that might sound, mm -hmm. um, and deal with the consequences later. Unless conversations with Damian Lillard are further along than what's being reported. To me, that's the only scenario in which there's any kind of up in the air with, with Jeremy Grant. But yeah. if what's out there right now is what's most accurate and true, uh, then they have to bring back Jeremy Grant because if they don't, I what mean, else? Yeah. What yeah, else? Yeah. yeah. I agree. So that's kind of where I'm at. The only way I can really see Grant moving is if there is a sign and trade for another player that they like and they enjoy. So if, if let's say for some reason, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, they want to do a double sign and trade. Brooke Lopez goes to the, uh, you know, to the Portland Trailblazers. Then you have Jeremy Grant and Yusuf Nurkic <laughs> going to the to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I don't hate that. For, <laughs> That's actually kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't hate that for either team actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but you know, you could see something along the lines of that maybe happening, maybe transpiring. If the Bucks want to shake things up, if the Trailblazers yeah. want to shake things up, um. You know, hey, maybe maybe if Draymond is dead set on going to Portland, you do a double sign and trade and you sign Portland, you know, Portland gets Draymond and the Warriors get Jeremy Grant, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, I still agree with you. I think Dame was really, really adamant about keeping Jeremy Grant in his post postseason press conference. He's like, yeah, Jeremy's going to be staying here next season. You guys will be seeing him, <laughs> uh, you know? So it, when he's giving off that God. energy, I imagine that's one of the, yeah, that's one of the things where you need on your checklist where it's like, that guy's probably going to stay. Yeah, um, for sure. I'm with you. Okay. Even less likely now. And this is, this is, this I think this is where, this is where the, this is where free agency starts in my opinion, because we yeah. have listed all those guys and all those guys are most likely going to stay. Um, yeah, look, I think Fred Van Vliet is the big kahuna of, of the rest of these guys, uh, in free agency. And it's crazy to say that about an undrafted point guard who's undersized, 29 years old, et cetera, et cetera, one time all-star, but it goes to show you that this free agency class isn't the strongest. It is not mm -hmm. the, the, the most touted free agency class, if you will, but mm -hmm. that is, Great news for Fred, who will be able to really determine the market here money-wise. Uh, there's been reports of Houston. I've heard murmurs of Orlando and Los mm -hmm. Angeles. There's reports coming out that, you know, he may he might be looking at maybe Chicago in a sign-in trade situation. Um, so there's options out there. From the Raptors' perspective, I will say losing Fred Van Vliet for nothing would be a pretty disastrous scenario because it's not like they open up a max slot money-wise in order to just go out and chase another point guard or another mm -hmm. guard that they have. And, you know, as we've talked about before on this podcast, the Raptors don't necessarily have a ton of point guard depth. You're missing, you only have Malachi Flynn and Delano Banton mm -hmm. and Jeff Doughton. Like those guys aren't necessarily going to step in and be your starting point guard. Right. Um, and if you have any intentions of running this roster back, then you mm -hmm. probably, at whatever amount, need to re-sign Fred VanVleet. It's sort of like the James Harden situation in Philly, where you're not, you don't really have a second option here. The Sixers don't have a second option if James Harden decides to walk to Houston. The same thing applies to Fred VanVleet and the Raptors in the sense that if he walks, they don't have thirty million dollars. I think that if he walks and they re-sign Pirtle, they probably have around seventeen million dollars in cap space which is, you know, $5 million more than the MLE. Okay, maybe they can throw money at a Gabe Vincent and say, hey, we'll, we'll, you know, Miami is offering you the MLE. We'll give you MLE plus five, $5 million. Come yeah. here, you know? And maybe, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe that's the, the, the second option here. Hi, what's going on? <laughs> the cat out of nowhere, up. truly out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. <laughs> um, yeah, that was like a ghost in the night. That was, that was scary. <laughs> I, I just can't. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I mean, look, there there are options out there for Fred. I I think 
from a perspective of covering his career, go get your money, King. Like do, do whatever happens money wise. If if Houston, you know, it was reported today by Jake Fisher that they're willing to offer a forty million dollar annual de- deal, two years, eighty million dollars. I don't think the Raptors can't match that. Like they physically, money wise, cannot match that unless they tack on more years and and include a th- third or a fourth year in there. And then from that point, you're saying, okay, like, it, are we are we betting on a guy to you know 29? He's had a couple leg injuries. Or do you want, do we want to give him three years, four years, or do we want want to just let him walk and and you know deal with the repercussions of that? Again, from the Raptors side, it would be a huge blow for them to just let Fred walk. They would probably prefer to work out a sign and trade with Orlando or Los Angeles or or even re- retain him themselves. I think at the end of the day, like James Harden. Houston is just a leverage tool. And I think that Fred will ultimately re-sign with the Raptors at probably a price that makes Raptors fans a little bit more uncomfortable than they would like. But I think it will be the right move regardless because they don't have a second choice. Um, It'll probably be somewhere around $35 million a year. Yeah. Uh, And and it's crazy because, you know, when you say $35 million a year, like, holy crap, that's (laughs) massive money. I mean, we're just talking about Chris Middleton who's making $35 million last year. But that is only 25% of the cap, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and Fred VanVleet is worth 25% of the cap. He is that mm-hmm. caliber of player. So that's all I got on that front. Do you do where, where do you where do you sit on Fred? Do you think he stays? Do you think he goes? I I think he I do think he stays. I, I there are many reasons why I think he stays, just in terms of like being comfortable there, feeling like he can have success there. I can see Toronto, like you said, offering him maybe a little bit more than they want to, maybe a little bit more than fans are comfortable with. But for the sake of keeping him, and like you mentioned, he's only 29 years old, and and even um, some of the criticisms that he's gotten over maybe the last year, two years, how whatever you wherever you want to pinpoint it, pinpoint it. I do still think that he's real a, a really solid player that has a lot of value, a lot of value. I think you could. I will say I think you could debate how much value he really has on an open market, but yeah. like I've I've tweeted probably ten thousand times that timing is everything right now. Um, and a team like the Clippers has really needed Fred Van Fleet at time at, at times. A team like the Phoenix Suns has really needed a Fred Van Fleet at times. So I think it will make the most sense for Toronto to bring him back. When you were talking about Orlando and a sign and trade, my mind went back to an, uh, a little snippet that I saw at one point. It was a report that. Um, Orlando may try and look at potentially moving on or just exploring options for Jalen Suggs or Cole yeah. Anthony. Yeah. And so yeah. I think something like that could be really intriguing. If... And they just drafted Anthony Black too, right? Exactly. So, so yeah. I'm I'm curious as to what something like that could look like if Orlando is really serious. Um, and I think with Houston, you know the money's going to be there. But what I'm really, really kind of – keeping my eye on is how hard Ime Udoka pushes for it. Is he, does he feel like this is what this organization needs for stability to the point where they're so aggressive with it and the money is there and that's enough for Fred. Uh, But all that said, I do still think that I would feel pretty confident saying that he does go back. Yeah, I mean, look, if the Rockets end up adding a third year, there's just no way the Raptors That's can That's so compete. much. That is so much money, and it's hard to, to yeah. envision someone turning that down. And, oh, there was another thing that I wanted to say. When you yeah. mentioned the 35 annually for the Raptors, whether that's it or ballpark or, or whatever the case may be, um, it's so interesting to me how the cap is and how, like you mentioned, 25%. Carl Anthony Towns is going to be eligible for an extension that has him making over 60 million a year <laughs> next year. Yeah, and so, right. so many, there are so many times when we're talking about 20 million, 25 million for your it's first nothing. or second or third best player, maybe not first, second or third, but, but definitely third or fourth best player, like 25 million, 30 million is not what it used to be in the league. No. So no. I think when you're looking at bringing a guy like Fred back, if you're uncomfortable with 35 million, that money can get moved if needed. It's not this massive, just albatross of a contract. And so I think it's important to remember that because sometimes when I see these contracts like the Carl Anthony Towns extension, I'm like, God, that's an insane amount of money, but that's just where we are. Yeah. I mean, 60 million right now is about 45% of the cap. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, just to go, it goes to show you that like the, the percentage of which what stars are getting and what gets allocated to the salary mm-hmm. cap is is rising, right? You're yeah. seeing 
more vet min contracts, more minimum contracts, more MLE guys. You're also seeing the price of the MLE go up. You're seeing the price of whatever go up. Everything is moving up. So an $18 million contract four years ago is the same as a $25 million contract today. It's very different now compared to before. And, and we can't be gauging based on the prices of you know, 2017, 2018. Right, exactly. Still imagine that Fred resigns. I the the other answer, you know, you kind of brought it up with Houston, and maybe Ime Odoka is really hell bent on this, but like I just don't understand why they would need more guards. I uh, really, yeah, I it, I, it, you know, you have M. N. Thompson, you have Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, Cam Whitmore, you have so many guards. <laughs> I just don't understand why Fred would make a lot of sense for Houston, unless they're you know hell bent on maybe moving a couple of their guards yeah, and shifting things too. out that way. Um, who knows, who knows if, if that's a way to, to make things work, but we'll see. I think, I think Fred ultimately does stay. Yeah. I think the Raptors will win when it comes to the years, you know, they'll probably offer more years than Houston does, but if Houston offers a third year at $40 million, even if it's partially guaranteed, the Rockets you think will get Fred VanVleet. Yes. You think so? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Because it's just the Raptors can't offer that. Like, it's yeah, just like, and, you know, and I, I, part of me, like, I feel like that's such a Houston rockets thing to do <laughs> yeah, yeah is yeah. it is it like i don't know i could just i don't know they, they are hell bent on making the playoffs i just yeah i don't know i, think, I don't even know if fred is enough for that yeah, i mean i yeah look it, it the the report was fred and dylan brooks and like mm -hmm. okay so you have alperin shengun dylan brooks jalen green kevin porter jr and fred van vliet does that even get you to 10 in the Western Conference, I don't think so. I really don't think so. We just saw we just saw one of the craziest playoff races of all time for the playing playing spot. One in which your Dallas Mavericks just bowed <laughs> out of diligently, you know, because Thank they God. were like, you know what, we're good. We don't even need it. You know, we don't yeah. even need it. That goes to show you how hard it is to get into the playing race. And yep. the Rockets want to do that. They will need to get these big Kahuna's. Okay, so let's say Brooke Lopez resigns, or sorry, goes to Houston. Now it's mm -hmm. Brooke Lopez, Fred VanVleet. Now you're thinking like, okay, maybe there's a chance they get to that 10 yeah. spot, really healthy season. Maybe Jalen Green makes that all-star jump, et cetera, et cetera. You could see it. But right now, as things stand, I, I just I don't understand yeah. how you can go from worst team in the league to, hey, we're just gonna sign a bunch of guys and see if this thing works. I don't yeah. I don't, I yeah. don't believe that. Um Yeah. Um I do, do want, want real quick yeah, on Houston. Ahead. I actually want to touch on Houston real quick because they're so they seem so ready and eager to spend this money and I, I to me Dylan Brooks like that makes a lot of sense for many reasons I don't think it's going to be overly expensive and I think you could flip him down the line if it doesn't work out um but going out and spending these mon this money because you're you're looking to compete now there are questions with Kevin Porter Jr questions even with Jalen Green who's your guy he's number one um, and even Jabari Smith, who struggled a lot last year. I think right now yeah. the the focus needs to be on you got a new coach who has proven himself. Uh, you need to be focusing on on growing this this talent organically and in-house before, you know, necessarily going out and just cashing out on all this money. Not saying that, you know, they're gonna find themselves as a second apron team and be in a, a world of trouble, but like yeah. I just think it's it's rushing the timeline a little bit and um they would be better off potentially looking at moving some of these guys or consolidating or moving some assets as opposed to going out and spending money. Like the Brooke Lopez thing, I've seen that for so long now. And I, I, I guess I'm just not getting it. I'm just not getting it, why that would make sense for them. And so yeah. I don't know what Houston's going to do, but I think I do think the Fred Van Fleet is, is kind of alarmingly, uh, on our on it's it's the big thing. Like you said, it's, it's the big, the big domino that's got to fall because the everyone else, kahuna. I think, the big yes. kahuna that's what it was there it is so that's kind of my <laughs> thoughts on houston but I've, we'll see i know I, I agree i agree and and look like the new cba makes it so that you can't just walk into next season with 60 million dollars in cap space you have to spend and be at least 90 percent fulfilled cap space wise so they do have to spend the money somewhere uh but i'm i i feel like there are different ways that they can go about this that would make more sense for their roster long term um anyways we'll see what happens with fred uh, we kind of touched touched on Brolo. I think he also stays. I really mm. think, you know, given where the Bucks are at, I don't think they're in a position where they can let Brolo go unless they can find a genuine replacement for Brolo. And I don't know where that replacement is and who that replacement is. Obviously, we talked about this when the Bucks got eliminated, but they are older. 
Uh, Chris Middleton is getting older. Brolo is obviously up there in age. Drew Holiday is getting older. So there's there's the question of how they can maneuver and get younger. But I still think they re-sign Brolo, which is which is crazy to say. It feels like we're saying re-sign for all of these players, right? Mm-hmm. Oh man, this one I think is interesting because after after last year, I think this could be his opportunity to go out and kind of get this last contract. That's not, yeah. you know, a discount just for the sake of being on a contender, um, mm-hmm. especially if he's still producing the way he did last year. He's going to be a popular if he goes to to, um, you know, a, a rebuilding team or a retooling team, whatever, whoever you want to call it. If he goes there and takes the contract, he's going to be a name that gets talked about come trade deadline time um, and, and even like come buyout market time potentially and so um i think for him that this is this is a situation where if i'm if i'm brooke lopez or i'm brooke lopez's agent i think you could go out potentially um and get out on the market and kind of see where things go um and a lot of these teams don't need front court depth we've kind of talked about that a little bit more so with vooch but with brooke lopez i think it's a it's a, a cheaper a cheaper price um and someone that you know that you could then flip. And so I could I could see OKC, who has even needed some floor spacing at times. That's not um, bad. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I could see uh I could I mean Detroit, there's no there's no there's no minutes for Brooke Lopez, but no. I'm just so used to Troy Weaver picking up someone, turning around, selling them, <laughs> buying low, selling high, buying low, selling high. So I, I, I don't know, but um I I kind of expect Brooke to go out and and see what's out there on the open market as opposed to just penciling him in for the the discount to stay back. But at the same because I also think that Milwaukee finds themselves in a position where they could also have options. They'll have options on on vet minimum guys, they'll have options uh, to go out on the buyout market. Um, so I, I think that they could fill his role more easily, uh, if they needed right. to, if, if that wasn't a price they wanted to pay. Yeah, I feel you. I, I, I agree with that. I, I it's, it's going to be interesting to see what Milwaukee does because Chris and, and Brolo are just so important to what that team is championship contending wise. I know it's hard mm-hmm. to look back at last season and say, well, you know, they lost in the first round and like, there's no reason for them to run this thing back. Maybe some people will say that, but it's just. You you have to it, like you have Giannis. You have to take advantage of this situation. You obviously has. By the way, the, the, another windy moment here. But uh, Giannis <laughs> uh, is yeah. up for a contract <laughs> extension in September, and if that goes away, you know now you're it, this the, these things start snowballing. So let's say you let go of Brooke Lopez. Let's say you re-sign Chris Middleton, and for some reason Giannis is not happy because he doesn't have a center to help him on the back line. September comes around. He's like, you know what? I'm going to pass on that extension. I'll see you guys in 2026. And hey, now things start to get tricky. Uh, mm-hmm. So you, you never want to be in that position if you're a front office. Um, let's go through a couple of different names just real yep. quick because because we're we are we are kind of going long here. But I'm uh, we'll do a rapid fire here. Okay? Rapid fire. Stay or go. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and if you want to throw out a, a team or whatever, we can do that okay. too. Okay? okay. Russell Westbrook. Stay or go? Stay. Yeah, I think he stays too. I think he stays too, especially with the Malcolm Brogdon deal falling apart. I think I think he stays. Yeah. Um, D'Angelo Russell, stay or go? Go. Uh, Where do you think he goes? Boy, that's an interesting <laughs> one. I actually selfishly would love to see him go to the Spurs, but I just can't see that happening. Um, mm. I could see him going. Let's see. Um, I actually kind of like the Spurs. I didn't hate that. I that's like not the bad. Spurs. Uh, I was actually having this conversation with my brother and he was like, this is, it just makes too much sense. I, I, he, we were talking about it and, and I was like, I can't see D'Lo wanting to go to San Antonio, but in mm-hmm. terms of not having to really play any defense and just focusing on feeding Wemby, getting development, your, yeah. you know, building your value back up and then going out and pretty much kind of re- restarting from there as opposed to what He's just not happened He's not a very Spursy guy. That's yeah, the only thing it's I would like say. The fit, you think about it and you're like, eh, but I think yeah. it could be fun. Uh, I don't see it happening, um, but I think D'Lo is one of those names that the market could really dry up for someone like D'Lo. Uh, yes. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I could. He's I, probably I would... not. He's probably not going to get the money he's expecting from anyone mm-hmm. outside of the Lakers. Also, mm-hmm. so. I actually, you know what? I hate to say this, I wouldn't be surprised if he went to Phoenix on like a real cheap contract. 
he can't like i mean like what else how much money does phoenix have like you know what i mean i like, think he would i think it would be that little of money out <laughs> on the open market that he could wind up in because i also i go back to some of these guys like like dennis schroeder and, and but that's a poor example but these guys that have found themselves in markets that aren't there and need to go where there are going to be a ton of eyes on them where they can try mm-hmm. to pull a malik monk and have like no place to go and then all of a sudden you're signing for whatever two years 20 million so i can yeah. see him do trying to do something like that and trying to win a ship um and plus he's close with book so yeah i i could see phoenix but i have no idea where he's gonna end up okay uh harrison barnes i say go and i say indiana yeah i, I i'm with you i think that makes i i'm with you right there i think it makes a lot of sense for everyone involved and there's lots of reporting on it uh yeah. with the connection so i can see the, it. the rick carlisle connection going back to dallas tyrese halliburton going back to sacramento it's it's just it it's seems too perfect it's too perfect to not happen uh kyle kuzma we already sort of talked about this week and last week we both think sacramento is the way that's gonna happen yes yeah i think so yeah, yep. yeah i would i would agree with that okay um, let's see if there's anybody else. Yaka Pertle, I imagine resigns by the way, just okay. a, a quick, I, I think they resign both those guys and just run it back and see what happens. Hey, who knows though, if San Antonio does end up resigning Yaka Pertle, I will officially stop reporting on basketball. Uh, <laughs> Bruce, Brown, <laughs> Bruce Brown, what do you, uh, what do you Ooh, think about Bruce Brown? One. He seems like a guy who could go anywhere, but yeah, I, I mean, just... I think he goes, I think it's his time to, to go get the money. Mm-hmm. Um, Houston, where does he? I think Houston could be interesting. The mm. young, they've got the money. He's yeah. he's shown that he can compete. I like Houston. There I really are lots like San of teams. A- I yeah. really like San Antonio. For, I really for like Brown. San Antonio as well. Um, yeah, I mean, there truly are. Even Sacramento. If Sacramento is swinging and a miss, swinging oh, and yeah. a miss, oh, I yeah. think that that could be real interesting too. So I think Bruce is going to have his pick of the litter. I think there's a world where Sacramento with $35 million in cap space, and yes, I know they can go and get Sabonis and do an extension that way. I imagine they probably do that. But there is a world where Sacramento can fit in two players there in yeah. that $35 million. So let's say you go out and get Bruce Brown and Kyle Kuzma. And now you have Bruce Brown and Kyle Kuzma, <laughs> a part of the Sacramento Kings with Sabonis, mm-hmm. with Fox, with Herter, with Monk, all those guys. Man, that would be a fun team. Oh, and yeah. It would fit so incredibly well. It would well. fit great. Oof, that'd be um, fun. Yeah, that would that would be a lot of fun. So Max Struess apparently is wanted by everyone. Where do you think <laughs> Max Struess is going to go? I could see Houston being an option. Yeah, I could San see San Antonio. I could see also San Antonio is interesting because, um, you know, a shooter. Yeah. He probably resigns, right? He probably resigns. I I mean, I think he'd like to resign. I don't know what Miami – I'm so having trouble pinpointing Miami right now because yeah. I think their their moves are so up in the air. And I tweeted this out, I think it was maybe yesterday, that say they pull the trigger on Dame ahead mm-hmm. of free agency. How does that affect Gabe Vincent and Max Struess? Right, right. How right. does that affect them? And so, well, they they just they have to say bye to them. That's what it would be. They have to, right? Yeah. And so, it's in my mind that's exactly where my where where I went. And then I had a lot of people saying, "No, you have to just you just have to pay the money. You have to pay the tax, and you have to bring them back." They and can't. I'm like, well, they they literally they, can't. They, they can't. Would be a, they can't. Yeah, they and would so, be a second apron team, and it it's it done. doesn't work. Yeah. And so at that point, I think that I do think that that's where their head is at right now. And so I think that's going to leave opportunity for a team to come in and 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 get either of those two and so for max every team needs shooting every single team so i guess let me actually let me ask you this you think he's an mle guy i think he is like look uh, naz reed just went for the mle a little bit more than the mle a little bit more uh, 13 and a half i could see max struce getting the mle full mle full full MLE. mle okay yeah, I mean that opens it up a lot more. So I mean, shoot, I I, I don't know. That's How about a tough Cleveland? One. How do you feel about Cleveland? Because they they they're desperate. They need shooting. For, they need the they need the shooting. They need a guy at three. I think Struess is. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I, I don't like it. it. I think. Yeah, I like it. I mean, Karis Levert's a free agent, so they got to yeah. replace that if they don't intend to bring him back. And I think Max Struess is a better fit than than probably Karis Levert. So I don't hate that yeah. one bit. Okay, I'll ask, you, I'll ask you about your guy, Christian Wood. Where yeah, does he go? Yeah, I knew it was coming. Yeah. <sighs> but where? I don't even know where. Like, does a, reu- a reunion in Houston make sense? Um, I don't, no, not really, mm, right? Yeah, I don't see that one. I And I tweeted this out earlier. I'm wondering if there's a sign-in trade with the Clippers that could 
could potentially take place. And and I want to. Oh, I, and you get Norm Powell. We get Norm Powell or Rob Covington, one of the two. Right. I could see something like that taking place. Um, hmm. Who knows? I could also see Detroit. I I don't know. I just Detroit with the flipping assets <laughs> Detroit, having the, every every because they had interest in Jeremy Grant. They've got all these. I'm like, what do you do anyway? Um, but I think, I think Detroit's going to go I, from what I've sources say Detroit sources is, say. yeah, Detroit is going hard for Cam Johnson, man. Like they are. Oh yeah. 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 They're, go, yeah, they're willing one. to, they're willing to spend everything they have. They should. On Cam Johnson. I think they need to just go for it. Could yeah. you imagine they get in there and steal Cam Johnson? That'd be amazing. But yeah, I mean, I think, look, I feel like the Nets probably match, but they're going to try their best to. Yeah. To I feel like Christian would. The, oh, what I was going to say is I did my research. Covered it with CBA Mavs. Mavs Twitter knows him very well. Yeah. If the Mavs try and pursue a sign and trade with Christian Wood, they're not really going to be able to do anything in free agency that's not bringing in vet minimum guys after if they try to go out and do some oh, sort of sign and trade. Oh, do they get hard capped? Is that what it is? Yes. So like they can't, they couldn't theoretically, which I had, I didn't realize this. They couldn't theoretically go trade Christian Wood for Norm Powell and then go use the full MLE and bring in Bruce Brown. They right. they can't right. do that. And so um that's why I tweeted out the Norm Powell situation with with the Clippers having had um interest in Christian Wood at the deadline. Right. I think that there could be something there. Um and if you're Dallas and you're kind of looking around and your intel is telling you that Max Struess won't be available, Bruce and Harrison, Kuz, all those guys are going for way over the MLE, then I do think that you seriously kind of negotiate some or look around at the sign sign and trade landscape for someone like Christian Wood. There is, there's so many names. I'm looking through this list and there's so many other names that we could talk about, ladies and gentlemen, Gabe Vincent, Jalen McDaniels. You have the, the lower name guys like, uh, like a Yuto Watanabe, uh, Trey Lyles. I, I think there's like as much as the star level talent in this free agency isn't there. I think there is a depth to this free yeah. agency and you could see teams adding especially with this new cba you could see guys signing for way less than they're supposed to um or maybe even way more than they're supposed to just because of this new cba it's it's going to yeah. be a very very weird some of these numbers that come in on friday we're going to look at that and be like oh that doesn't make uh-huh. no sense but even the naz reed situation even naz reed re-signing for 13.5 i was like wow i'm i'm pretty surprised because if i'm Gary Trent Jr. is making $18 million, okay? I think Naz Reed is a better player than Gary Trent Jr. Right now. Right now, mm-hmm. I think Naz Reed is a better player than Gary Trent Jr. Yeah. I think Naz Reed could be a starter on a lot of NBA teams. Absolutely. He could have probably made more than $13.5 million, in my opinion. Yeah. But that apparently wasn't out there for him. Maybe there's something going on with the CBA that has these teams a little bit more hesitant to cough up that money. So yeah. I'm, I'm I'm curious to see what happens with a lot of these guys, the big name guys, the MLE guys, the guys who are like in between an MLE and some bigger money. And then, you know, guys who are like fighting for the vet mins and non-taxpayer <laughs> mid-level exceptions. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> yeah, just to stay in the league. I mean, <laughs> hell, who knows? Um, it's going to be absolutely insane, ladies and gentlemen. I promise you guys. Free agency in the NBA just never disappoints. It There's always some kind of craziness. I know the Damian Lillard saga is what is captivating 90% of NBA Twitter, whether we want it to or not. Um, mm-hmm. It is captivating everybody. And, you know, we'll see what happens on that front. Maybe Dame gets moved. Maybe some of, you know, we didn't really talk about it, but like maybe Simons or, or Grant or Nurkic or those guys get moved and we see yeah. the Blazers take a new shape. Uh, around dame so we'll see we'll see what happens but thank you for tapping in to the objective basketball podcast um we won't have a second podcast this week we will react and recap the the podcast bonanza the, the free agency bonanza i should say uh, that happens on friday and saturday for you guys starting next week so thank you very much for tuning in to the objective basketball podcast we will see you guys later just S. Barahini on all socials and at the Lauren Gun on Twitter. The Objective Basketball Podcast. Delivering the NBA to you.